The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? Welcome to February, the month where we focus on love. And I just really want to take a moment to talk about some stuff that has come up for me recently that has allowed myself to to deepen and soften into more self-love because I think that that that's really important. I think that the whole aspect of like, you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else is bullshit. And let me actually explain why. Because we heal in relation to one another. I say this all the time. And so much of me being in this partnership with Evan has, I mean, through pain and through beautiful moments and through his honoring of me and through hardships that have led me, forced me into honoring myself. That's forced into discomfort, right? And once I had a willingness to stay in the discomfort, it led to this this deepening of love for myself. But so I just, I think that the whole, notion of of you can't love anyone until you love yourself is just kind of bullshit. Now, do I think that it is important to love yourself? Absolutely. Do I think that we can engage in unhealthy behaviors when we don't? Absolutely. But God, my children have taught me how to love myself and in deeper ways than I ever thought was possible. And so it is the month of love. This is the Q&A Uh, episode. But I wanted to talk about a recent experience that I had that basically forced me to go deeper and to explore um, ways in which I I really wasn't loving myself and honoring myself. Um, I shared on Instagram today, today is actually January 27th, that I have recently suffered a miscarriage. And you know, again, when, I mean, one of the most painful things ever (laughs) for a woman, I think it makes us feel like failures. It, it, It brings up a lot of these belief systems that aren't true, but we can't figure out what is true for ourselves and what is not true if we're not willing to sit in the discomfort and in the pain and to kind of allow this like free fall to happen where we don't know what the answer is or what the message is. I also love that right now it's 444 as I'm recording this. But when we get to stay in this place of the unknown, so much was revealed. I realized that I have some womb work <laughs> to do. And I know that that sounds so ridiculous. And I don't know if this exists, but. I am wanting to really cultivate a practice around my cycles and around healing my womb, right? If you think about it, 
you existed in your mother and in your grandmother and in this long lineage as an egg. And I think that there's, there's definitely some like ancestral stuff going on there. And also just like personal stuff going on there, stagnant energy. And so I have made a commitment this month to loving my womb, honoring my cycles instead of dreading my hormones as someone who has PCOS, I often dread my cycles, dread dealing with hormones, <laughs> dread it all, right? And instead, I'm just focusing right now on really like softening into, into this and like honoring and acknowledging what is working and tapping into that divine feminine. And I don't know what that looks like just yet, but I'm going to do some more research and I will get back to you guys on that because I think it's really important for us, especially as women or femme identifying people or people with wombs, you know, it's important. So let's dive right in to the questions. The first question I think is really interesting. How do you know if you want to spend the rest of your life with someone? <laughs> As I'm deconstructing my my views on love and relationship and as I am looking at the ways in which I have wanted to and desired to control my relationship, that's a huge thing that has come out of this open relationship with Evan is God. I just, I, I thought I owned him and that he owned me. And that when we were married, we stripped each other of our autonomy and our sovereignty. And there's a piece of that that's important, like a mindfulness, of course, of your partner and their needs is important. But I just think that there's so much to un unpack in this question. So how do you know if you want to spend the rest of your life with someone? Well, I, I actually don't know. I think it's very clear too with how high the divorce rates are is that most of us don't know. Most of us don't actually know. We might think we know, <laughs> but most of us don't know. And I think the beauty in this open situation with Evan is that for us, it is daily making a conscious choice to choose that partner. And so if there's any takeaway that I would have for someone entering any long-term relationship, it's that maybe you don't have to choose them for the rest of your life. That's too daunting for most people. Of course, a marriage, you, you want to be married forever, but people grow apart, people evolve, people change, devastating things happen. People realize that they're incompatible. These things come up. I think the better question is, am I willing to choose this person for today and for tomorrow? And for, you know, can we choose each other for as long as possible? And that kind of encourages you to then take the necessary measures to make that type of a commitment work, right? It's like, if I'm going to choose you today, what are the things that I need? What are the things you need in order to make this work? 
And those things might change. And I think that level of communication is also really important, right? It's like, what do you need from me? What do I need from you? What do I need from myself? And what do you need for yourself? It's interesting because as Evan and I have evolved on this process of our open dynamic, that has changed. That has changed. What Evan thought he needed in the beginning of this and what I thought I needed in the beginning of this are now very different, are very different. And I think that if you want something successful long-term, you have to be willing to have those challenging conversations. The biggest is that Evan and I have completely different sex ideals, completely different. And what's so nice about being in a partnership where we can communicate these things effectively is that we're able to negotiate and figure out like ways that we can both feel fulfilled and have our needs met in a way that like cherishes and respects the other person's needs as well. And so that applies not just for sex or open relationships or closed relationships or whatever. It's just that like things come up. I think what my suggestion would be, would be to write out a list of ideals. And I remember Dr. Pat Allen saying this to me when I was first married to Evan and we were going through some challenging times in the beginning of our marriage. And I, she had me write down a list of like what my ideal relationship would look like. And she asked me, does my partner, the person that I'm thinking about spending the rest of my life with, meet 80% of this? And even deeper than that, if you really, really want to do the work in this, again, this is shadow work. Once you list out all of those ideals and all of those needs, ask yourself, how much effort am I putting into meeting these myself? Because there will be times where your partner just cannot and is not capable of meeting 80% of those things. And so you need to be able to fill your cup up. If there's anything that I've walked away from in the last couple of months, it's that I need my cup to be full and you need your cup to be full. And anything else is just an overflow of abundance into this relationship. But we have to prioritize those things right? It's so important. Quick break from today's episode to talk to you guys about Osea. You know how much I love, love, love their products. Osea has been making clean and effective skincare products for over 25 years, and they have been a sponsor of my podcast since the early days because I am honestly obsessed with the entire line and they know it. They have award-winning cleansers, serums, and face moisturizers, and they're known for creating amazing body products like their famous body oil. Osea makes me feel so luxurious. Their products smell like a spa. My skin is left feeling so glowy, so soft, so nourished. Since 1996, Osea has been creating clean, vegan, and cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Not sure what to buy? Grab one of their discovery sets and try multiple products at once. Their bestseller discovery set includes four of Osea's best-selling products. For just $40, you can try a cleanser, serum, moisturizer, and their amazing body oil. It's an incredible value that saves you over $20. I personally 
personally love their Vegas nerve oil. I love their sea mineral mist. I sleep with their body oil and body lotion next to my bedside because I wake up every single morning and slather my body in their products. Like I said, they smell like a spa. I get so many compliments on how beautiful my skin is. My tattoos look so good. And it's all thanks to Osea. You can find your new skincare favorites at oseamalibu.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code reality at Osea. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com. You'll get a free sample with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. You're going to want it all. Go to Osea, O-S-E-A malibu.com and use code reality at checkout. Setting new goals, creating and sticking healthy habits, and building a daily routine that you can actually keep. Making these changes should be easy, right? Well, if you're not sure how or where to start, then it's time to try Fabulous. It's been a game changer for me. Fabulous is the habit-changing app that gives you the tools and skills needed to feel healthier, more productive, and fulfilled. Fabulous helps you break free from negative habits while helping you build new healthy ones that actually stick. Fabulous does this by using a holistic approach along with behavioral science. Unlike other health apps, Fabulous focuses on self-improvement, mental and physical health, mindfulness, and productivity to build a better daily routine that actually works for you. By using behavioral science, Fabulous breaks down scientifically proven healthy habits into a daily routine of very small tasks that you can easily achieve every single day. Say your goal is to be healthier. Fabulous breaks down into daily tasks like reminding you to drink water, exercise, or even disconnect and unplug from our devices. Fabulous also offers weekly challenges that complement the tasks that I am already doing in my regular routine. For example, the gratitude challenge has helped me to show gratitude to someone every single day for a week. And it helped me just become more mindful in the ways that I wasn't actually telling the people who matter most in my life how amazing they are and how much I care for them. Becoming a fabulous premium member is also a total game changer. Premium gives you access to daily coaching content sessions, unlocks all guided behavioral change programs, and lets you add as many habits as you like into your routines. Start building your ideal daily routine today with fabulous premium. Get 25% off fabulous premium by going to thefab.co slash reality that's T-H-E-F-A-B dot C-O slash reality for 25% off Fabulous Premium. Thefab.co slash reality. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. What's my take on love languages? Will they make or break a relationship? I mean, listen, there's always new fads that come out. I think the love language thing is interesting. And again, these are all tools that are like encouraging us to learn how to communicate our needs better. 
whether it is attachment theory, right? I'm an anxious avoidant or I'm an avoidant or I'm just an anxious attachment style or whatever it might be. It's like, these are things that are, you know, now being more widely uh, talked about through specifically social media and, and they're good things. But at the end of the day, it's about communication. So let's give you some tangible tools that you can use if your love language is words of affirmation and your partner's love language is acts of service and you are needing more words of affirmation. And I actually just had to do this with a partner, right? I was craving quality time and my partner had no space with work and the chaos of everything that was going on to give me that. And I found myself like becoming needy, becoming scared, making up stories in my head, doing, I I do all of these things too, you guys. I'm certainly not perfect. The difference is I catch myself real quick. And so I go, oh, okay. Huh. What am I actually needing? And how much of this is I'm needing this for my partner? And how much of this is I'm needing to do this myself, right? Words of affirmation. I love you, Alexis. You are an incredible human. I just want you to know that I acknowledge how far you've come. I honor the little girl inside of you that was a survivor. I'm happy to see you thriving. Like doing that myself is so important. But my communication with my partner looked like this. It was, hey, I am really craving some quality time with you. And I understand that you have been really busy. And so I'm wondering if you have time or space to carve out, you know, a weekend away for us or just one overnight where we can be disconnected from our phones and where we can just enjoy each other's company. Now, if you have a healthy partner, (laughs) then they will not take that personally and they will go, yes, great. How about Friday, right? Or next Friday or whatever. And if you don't, and say they have like a stronger emotional response because maybe they're not in a great headspace or maybe, you know, I always say halt if they're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Now is not the time to have that conversation. But I would use the three C's, which my mom and I teach in the Life Reset course. And it's so important. So the first would be confirmed. So say they had like a big negative um, reaction, then you could say you have every right to deny my request for quality time, however that makes me feel. So the first is confirm, the second is clarify. So that makes me feel, insert X, Y, or Z. Makes me feel like you don't care about me, makes me feel unheard, makes me feel frustrated that whatever it might be. And then you ask for a contract, Okay. And so the contract might look different, but it could be, you know, are you willing to take whatever space you need and get back to me within a reasonable time period about my request? And there you go. And most of the time people like cool off and calm down and come together and work it out after that. And if they don't, then you might need to set a boundary. 
and reminder, boundaries are for ourselves. We do not set boundaries to change other people's behavior. That's considered manipulation and we are not manipulative. So the three C's becomes two C's. It becomes confirmed. You have every right to continue to deny my request for my need of X, Y, or Z to be met. However, this is something that's important to me. And I think that we need to go see a counselor, go see a therapist or go, you know, whatever it might be. That's the way to set a boundary. Do I think that these things make or break a relationship? No, I think having a partner that you can't communicate with makes or breaks a relationship and having a partner that is unwilling to meet you halfway is what makes or breaks a relationship. Rita asks, in your opinion, what is the reason people ghost people in the dating world so often these days? I have two things. One, nobody knows how to communicate their needs and their wants and their desires. And so many people are people pleasers and just don't know how to say, you know, this was nice. I'm not interested. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you the best. Most people aren't capable of doing that because they're people pleasers and they're afraid of negative feedback or negative emotions and response and they don't know how to deal with those. So they'd rather just walk away. And on the other part of that, say you haven't really dated someone and you've just been talking on the apps and you get ghosted. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything. They don't. They don't. And so I get ghosted a lot on the apps too, and I just don't take it personally. And I've been known to ghost on the apps, which is not great, but I've absolutely done it. Do you date non-sober people as a sober person? Yeah. Listen, I think that that is different for everyone. I personally, like when I, I have actually my list right here because I'm going through my Al-Anon program again. I'm back in Al-Anon, you guys. (laughs) The people pleasing has to end. Yeah, no, I I just feel like it's time for me to uh, redo the steps. And so I'm, I'm back with my sponsor. And so I asked myself the other day, what do I need in relationships? I put safety, soul connection, integrity, honesty, adventure, communication, two whole humans coming together, not this whole you complete me thing, mutual respect, someone who cherishes me, similar values and worldview, someone who's goal oriented, um, someone who has an abundance mindset, right? Looks for the good in things, someone who has healthy boundaries, Um, good sex, fun. I want to have fun with this person, adventure. And so when I look at all those things, I can find that in non-sober people and I can find that in sober people. I will say like there's dysfunctional people out there, period. I have known so many sober people who are totally dry and not at all well And I've known people who are not sober, who are thriving and healthy and incredible people. So it's definitely not a deal breaker for me. I just look at that list and I, again, it's like, 
are we at 80% with this person? Great. If so, I want to continue to spend time with them. And if things are being illuminated that aren't in alignment with my ideals, then it's time for me to move on. Everyone wants to know about my breakup with Chris. (laughs) I think that was like the most asked question here. So again, when I'm looking at this list, Chris met a lot of these things, but I think that there was a shift that happened in our relationship where, and again, we had deep conversations about attachment issues. I mean, so much was revealed for her in our relationship. She had never really, I don't think she'd ever been in a relationship with someone like me before. And it was a beautiful union. And I think she's an incredible person, but we're just on two different timelines. And that became really apparent to me. And there was this kind of shift that happened. I love being desired. I don't like being needed. And there was, you know, around the holidays, my life gets really crazy, especially with work. And I wasn't able to create as much space as she needed. And instead of being able to like communicate that, resentment was building. And, you know, it just, it just became clear like that this is not the relationship for right now. Chris is an incredible human being the sweetest soul. I absolutely adore her. I cherish our relationship. I'm so grateful that we're able to maintain a friendship. But on my end, it just became really clear to me that it's not going to work. I love how you guys also want to know like, what's your type? (laughs) I don't really have a type. I am very much so pansexual, leaning right now more towards women than men. I don't really, I don't have a type. I have dated, I'm currently seeing a girl who is very much so like femme presenting and I'm loving that. And obviously you guys know about Chris who was very androgynous. I dated a girl before that, Brit, who was very much so mask. I dated a girl, Kim, who was like right in between, right? She had long hair with extensions actually, but I wouldn't call her femme by any means. And so when it comes to women or men, (laughs) it's a vibe, it's an energy, it's a soul connection. It is, yeah, I, I really do not have a type at all. I just love people. (laughs) I just love people. All of the spirit, none of the booze. Gaia is the non-alcoholic aperitif made with only good ingredients combined to keep you calm and connected. There's no sugar added, no fake flavors. And this is not your traditional mocktail. It is a grown-up indulgence that tastes like summer on the rocks. Our goal is to change the way that we think about drinking and socializing one night off at a time. Gaia was designed for flavor, 
not function. We're not here to buzz you. We focus on using ingredients in their purest form. So there's some plant power, lemon balm for stress relief, rosemary for immunity, but nothing that will keep you up or make you snooze. Gaia is responsibly sourced. There's no sugar added, has no fake flavors, only real plants, is gluten-free, vegan, has 0% alcohol, no nasties, and their kosher certified. Gaia was the first non-alcoholic brand in history to win Esquire's Drink of the Year award and has also won a BevNet Best of 2021 award for their RTD category debut. The Aperitif is their hero product and is both bright and bitter with hints of citrus and florals with a transparent formula that is health forward ingredients, including gentian root, lemon balm, fig, elderflower, and again, no sugar. The La Spritz is a ready-to-drink single-serve can that features Gaia's signature formula, available in two flavors, Gaia Soda for bright and bitter and Gaia Ginger for a more soft and slow burn. Our first love, just more portable. Gaia also designed a cocktail book with 20 plus recipes to inspire creativity. Don't like making your own cocktails? Then the La Spritz is for you. Gaia is available to purchase through drinkgaia.com and at more than 500 stockists across the country. Gaia is here for a good time and a long time. For 20% off your first sip, go to drinkgaia.com and use code reality at checkout or text the hotline 707-TXT-G. G-H-I-A, that's 707-898-4442. If you have any questions, there will always be a real human on the line to help you out. Soft, cozy, and sustainable. Three words that I don't usually use when describing my underwear, but that all changed when I tried Parade. Parade makes sustainable, creative basics so soft and comfortable that you can't wait to put them on. This company launched only two and a half years ago with the mission to make underwear more accessible, inclusive, and self-expressive. Since then, they've sold over 2 million pairs. I personally am obsessed with their bras. I cannot stand underwire bras. I rarely ever wear a bra at all, actually. But their bras are so soft and comfortable enough to sleep in which is huge. They also make this amazing thong. It's universal, seamless, seamless. So it fits perfectly under that dress that you want to wear where you don't want to have a line showing underneath. From extra small to triple large, Parade's inclusive sizing means that you will have zero trouble finding that perfect bralette or pair of underwear. And did I mention that they are all about sustainability? Parade crafts their signature styles with super soft certified recycled yarns. Plus, all of their products come in biodegradable packaging. And for every parade purchase that you make, they give back to organizations that support reproductive rights, racial equity, and LGBTQ plus communities, which you know are all things that I am really passionate about. Upgrade your top drawer with an exclusive 20% off parade. You can go to yourparade.com slash reality and use code reality to get 20% off. That's yourparade.com slash reality. Someone asked, I want to get back into dating after a long relationship and I don't even know where to start. Date yourself. Date yourself. I'm serious. I have been dating myself (laughs) and it feels so good. 
right? Again, going back to like filling up your own cup, the, the way that I treat. So I guess my thought is this, like, if we want someone to treat us better than the way we treat ourselves, that's vibrationally just like not going to happen. If everything is energy and vibration and frequency, it's not going to happen. If we're expecting our partner to whine and dine us and compliment us and make us feel so good, but we're not willing to do any of those things for ourselves, you're going to be perpetually unsatisfied. I have been really working on this lately and it is making me like raise the bar too for my partners. It's like, you are actually an amazing fucking human being and you deserve whatever you want out of your partners in your relationship. But you have to be willing to do that for yourself too. And so, yeah, I mean, I think my two pieces of advice would be date yourself so you really know what you want, right? And the second part of that is date multiple people. We tend to do this thing where we find one person, we start dating them, and then we're all in. No, have a fucking rotation. I think a rotation is like the most amazing thing. It's like, I'm going to see you on Friday and you on Saturday. And I don't mean you have to sleep with all of these people, but I mean, date, explore. Because for most of these relationships, things are going to fizzle out after the fourth, fifth or sixth date. They just are. And so slow down, develop a friendship first. See if you actually like this person. It takes a while to really get to know people and to get comfortable with them. And so I would be dating multiple people and like just staying open to the experience and getting clearer and clearer through those experiences on what you will and will not tolerate and what what you like. Okay. Someone says, I'm gay and I don't want to go on apps and I don't want to go to bars. How do I meet someone in the real world? I think that this is harder and harder to do for sure, but I've done it and it certainly isn't easy. I think we're often so glued to our phones when we're out and about that we don't make eye contact with people anymore. We don't smile at people anymore. We don't strike up conversations anymore. If we do, people think that we're weird. So I can see how that would be a really difficult thing to do. But I think just having the energy, I think energy is so important. And so having the energy of being open and receptive getting off your phone, eye to eye contact, smiling at people. I mean, this is so hard, especially for women, because it's like, I don't know if you're gay or not. <laughs> and so it's like really, really difficult. Um, my gaydar with men is so much better than it is with women. And like, I feel like the lesbian dating pool is like so small, even here in LA. So that would be extremely difficult. But Again, my suggestion would just be like, it is an energy thing. You know, if you want, oh, and maybe that will segue into this, like attracting the perfect partner, becoming the vibrational match, manifesting in that perfect partner. Let's talk about it. God, I just, I love, I love the idea of this. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book right now by Abraham Hicks, you know, big, obviously as someone who like practices a law of attraction 
big fan of Abraham Hicks, but she has this audible book called The Vortex. Please, everybody read The Vortex or listen to The Vortex. It's on Audible. It's so good. But it's all about like relationships and attracting that partner that you want or attracting people into your lives in general and just getting like really, really clear on what we want. And again, like looking at this list. So if we make a list of like what my ideal relationship looks like, like what are the fundamentals of it? And I'm going down this checklist, like safety. Do I provide safety in a relationship? Am I a safe person? Yes or no, right? Hopefully the answer is yes. Integrity. Am I a person of integrity? Yes or no? Hopefully the answer is yes. Honesty. Yes. Do I have a sense of adventure? Yes. Am I cherishing? Uh Uh-huh. Am I, you know, respectful? Absolutely. Do I have my own interests, my own life? Yeah. Do I cherish quality time and make quality time for the people in my life who matter? Yes right? Am I clear on my boundaries and the way that I view the world? Yes. Do I have a deep, firm spiritual practice? Yes. So I can't ask for a partner that has all of these things if I don't actually have these things. And what happens is when you are these things, you attract and will not tolerate if you've done the work and are very clear on these things, right? You will attract that partner, And so it's about just being really clear and not settling for less. I think that that's so important, getting really clear on what you want, making sure that you're in alignment with all of those things. And we won't be 100% of the time, but most of the time. And then calling in that partner will be so much easier Right. And I just, again, with the dating thing too, it's surrounding myself with multiple people and exploring um, and having good conversation. Like I just get better and better at dating and I get better and better at listening. And my intuition gets clearer and clearer. You know, I'll leave a date and I'll be like, that was not a vibe. (laughs) That was not it. Or I'll be like, that was fiery, beautiful, and like exciting and like, wow. And I loved that person's energy and I want more of that. Right. And so we get to just be like super, super clear based off of what we want. This person has never gone on a date sober and wants to know how I do it. How do I date sober? And I think this is a really interesting question because as somebody who's sober, that just kind of comes second nature to me. But I'm sure for a lot of you guys who aren't sober, you're maybe asking yourself the same question. Like, can I actually date without having pre-gaming or having a drink at dinner? And the answer is absolutely yes, you can. What are the underlying belief systems that you have in place that limit yourself from doing that? So is it that I'm not funny enough without alcohol? I don't feel worthy. And so I use this thing as a tool to make me feel superhuman, you know? Like what are those belief systems that are limiting you from having a sober conscious experience? I feel like very few people actually probably think about that. Obviously, that's just something that I've had to do 
And so by nature, I'm just good at that because I've been having, you know, relationships, even during my marriage, when I was monogamous, just having to go to dinners and having to go to events and, and speaking and all of these things, I've had to do this sober. And so I've had to look at all of those things. Like those fears are very real and they keep us from being able to show up as our true authentic selves. And I think that that's so scary. Like authenticity and vulnerability is really, really hard. And so we'd rather put a mask on or have a little buffer so that way it's not so hard. And again, for me, it always goes back to this, like, am I willing to be uncomfortable? If I'm looking for deep connections, right? If I'm looking for that person and I'm wanting to explore this, I should do it probably with a clear head and a clear mind. And so what is holding me back from doing that and exploring what things come up and just sitting with them? I think we often then go, okay, I need to change all of these things right now. No, you don't. You just need to become mindful of them. And so when the anxiety sets in, we get to ask ourselves, is this anxiety or is this excitement? If it is indeed anxiety, where is it coming from? What is a scared little person inside of us seeking to illuminate right now? right? That you don't feel good or worthy or strong or funny or confident or competent or brilliant, right? Who told you that? Because that's not true. That couldn't be further from the truth. You are all of those things. You are all of those things. And then we get to go, okay, so who am I really? Right? And then I look back on my checklist sitting right here and I go, I'm safe right? And I'm a person of integrity and I'm funny and I'm fun and I'm adventurous and I'm honest and I'm good at communicating and I'm a good listener, right? And I have so much going for me and I offer so much and I'm so cherishing and I'm so respectful and I'm great at setting boundaries and I'm great at respecting boundaries and I have great sex, (laughs) right? And I've got interests that make me interesting. I love that, right? So I look back at this list and I have to remind myself like all those things that I'm seeking, I am those things. And that is what I bring to the table. And all I'm going to do is show up as myself and allow those things to come forward. And brilliant, right? Brilliant. I love that. I love those things about you you know? And so we get to have a little pep talk and then we take a deep breath and we do a little bit of grounding and we go into the date and we just allow it to unfold the way that it unfolds. I guess I would say too, like ask questions, like be curious. That's one of the things that's really gotten me through like sober dating, like asking lots of good questions. And I have, you know, kind of obviously like The basics, like, where are you from? What's your life like now? What are the things that excite you? All of those things come forward. But I have this little list. I'll pull it up right here so that way I can share some of these these questions with you. 
Okay. So I'll ask questions like all through the basics or whatever, and we'll see where that leads us. But sometimes I ask fun questions like, what is something that you want to ask me, but you're too afraid to? I love that one, right? It's just like people are often, they have that thought in their head and they they don't want to say it. And so it's like, no, let's just give them the space and the opportunity to do that. And then another one that I love to ask is, if you walked into a room with everyone that you'd ever met, who would you go looking for? Like, who is that special person in your life? And what is your connection like with them? Or what was your connection like with them? So I'll just ask like, you know, more in-depth, interesting questions too. And I feel like that allows for beautiful conversation. And yeah, and then we just kind of like go from there. And then we decide if we're going to have like the awkward first kiss or not. I think that's like the hardest part, especially for me. Like I never like making the first move. And I feel like in um, my queer relationships, like I'm so scared to kiss her. I'm so scared. Like with a guy, I feel like I would just kiss him like, because it's like, I'm happy to make the first move like that. But with a girl, it's like, I want to be so respectful and cherishing and like careful and like gentle (laughs) that I'm like afraid. I'm afraid to kiss her, you know? So with that, that's the end of this week's episode. And I love you guys. I, I really do. I just want to take a moment to share my love and appreciation for you all and to honor you all. I am just so grateful for your presence in my life. It is felt, it is felt and seen and acknowledged. And you are worthy of love, of self-love and of love from others. And so as we move forward into this month of love, I have so many good episodes for you guys. And with that, here's this week's affirmation. This week's affirmation is, I am worthy of being loved just for who I am. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, follow along with us, leave a review. It means so much to me. There are new episodes of Recovering From Reality every Monday, and you can follow me on social at Recovering From Reality or visit my website, recoveringfromreality.com. 